As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Blackhawks Talk podcast with Charlie Romeliotis, James Nouveau. I am Pat Boyle. It's part two of our mailbag podcast. It started on our last edition. Great questions from uh, you guys. We appreciate that as always. So let's dive right back into it, boys. This is from Ryan A. on Twitter. What prospects, if any, do you think we'll see time in the NHL that we have not seen yet? Charlie, lead us off. Yeah, so this is interesting because I think you could take it two ways. Is it um, who will make their NHL debuts or who could be potential full-time prospects or full-time players with the Blackhawks this season? But I'll just kind of... I'll just kind of throw out some names that I think the Blackhawks are definitely going to give looks at this season. And and two of them are, by the way, I think Nick on my Facebook page asked which D prospects we could see. So I'm going to lump in Nick's question and and name out two of those defensive prospects that I think that the Blackhawks are going to give looks to this year. Louis Crevier and Nolan Allen. I think both of them are now under contract. Nolan Allen was signed um, last season to kind of join Rockford in their playoff run. Um, And and Louis Crevier, big six foot eight guy. I, I think the, the Blackhawks liked, uh, they gave a lot of defensemen um, some looks last season, Isaac Phillips and Alec Regula and, and a lot of those younger players to, to kind of give them some rewards. And I think they're going to do much of the same this year, especially given how crowded Rockford's uh, blue line is and, and who knows with, with injuries. But I think those are some two names on the back end that we could see with the Blackhawks this year. Now, the question is how many of those games, because I think they're going to be full-time Rockford players, but I wouldn't be surprised. And by the way, I was talking to a team uh, source uh, uh, recently, Nolan Allen, he compared him to Nicholas Jalmerson, Nicholas wow. Jalmerson esque. And he's obviously a first round pick. He was drafted number 32 overall. So he's not going to be a flashy type player, but he is going to be a shutdown guy. And so if he can, if he can be half of what Nicholas Jalmerson was in Chicago, I think, I think the, the Blackhawks fans will absolutely take that. Definitely remember those that kind of comparison being floated when he got drafted as that kind of being his ceiling. And I think that could be a really interesting guy to pay attention to this year. Certainly maybe moving through the system a little bit faster than I thought he would. I thought it might take him an additional year, but if we could see him get a look, I think that'd be fantastic. What I really want to see, and this is just kind of a personal thing for me, is I remember watching Evan Barrett, when he played for Team USA's developmental team in the USHL way back in 2017, the dude had 14 goals for the Ice Hogs last season. Do you think you could potentially see it in your hearts, Kyle Davidson, to bring him up here, see if he can be a 25 to 30 point bottom six forward guy? I just want to see what Evan Barrett can do at the NHL level. I don't have a lot of expectations here. Charlie can have his Nolan Allens and his, uh, you know, Alec Regula's. Give me some Evan Barrett action, please. I want to see if that guy can actually pan out in the NHL. 
I'll jump on your Evan Barrett bandwagon there, the former Penn State star. Yeah. I'm going to be spending some time in Happy Valley over the next four years as my daughter is uh, going to be a Nittany Lion. You got to give some pads and tissues before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I might break down and cry here. There's no crying in podcasts, though. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Evan Barrett will make his NHL debut this year. Uh, you know, he was the guy circled kind of in the forward group. On the D side, other than the two names you mentioned, like there's, we've seen a lot of them already, yeah. right? You know, and I, I really think the determining which D are NHLers or have NHL pedigree and which ones aren't are going to be the biggest decision or the biggest hurdle that this this hockey ops group has to address. Right. I think they've got a lot of interesting decisions. I want to see the Ian Mitchell uh, that we saw in the AHL last year. And I think, you know, he only played uh, eight games last year. Uh, I think he's going to get a significant look this year. Alex Vlasic, another guy, uh, played just 15 games last season. I think we'll, he'll get some extended run. So I, I'm really interested to see how this, this decor between Rockford and the young guys that are, are with the Blackhawks you know, who emerges from the group. And again, they tend to take longer than the forwards do. So, you know, if you're looking for answers at 21, 22, you really might need to look for those answers at 23 or 24 or maybe 25. Yeah. And I think it's just interesting because Louis Crevier, Nolan Allen, some of the defenseman guys that we've mentioned in the past that made spot starts or could make spot starts this season. It's interesting, though, because the Blackhawks do have an opening on their bottom pairing next year, particularly on the right side, because it's going to be, as of right now, Seth Jones, Caleb Jones, Jake McCabe, Connor Murphy, Riley Stillman. That's five out of six. Like, there's a question mark on who's going to be that full-time six guy, right? So you can maybe look to Rockford, whether it can be, and, and obviously there are two right-handed shots in there, so ideally you'd want a third guy on the right side. So is it going to be an Ian Mitchell? Is it going to be an Alec Rogula? Um, I forgot to mention also Philip Rose, a guy that they signed in, in the offseason, more of a veteran type guy at 26 years old. Like he could obviously see um, some some time in the NHL. So like while we could see some young guys make their NHL debuts, there also is a spot open on the back end um, to, to kind of be a full time uh, third pairing guy. Ed on Charlie's Facebook page asks if the Hawks are surprisingly competitive this year in not being in the top three for the 2023 draft. Will they trade more players to do this? So Ed wants to know how committed are they to the Connor Bedard sweepstakes? <laughs> so I so I read this in in two ways. Is it if the Blackhawks kind of start out of the gates and they're approaching the trade deadline and they're kind of like outside that top three spot, will they trade players sooner? Or if they don't land a top three draft pick, will they trade more players to kind of like get? I, I read it as in season. If, okay, if, if, right. And if not, not even giving it to the trade deadline. Now let's say for some reason, you know, in December, they're, they're you know, in, in the eighth spot or something like that. <laughs> Do they do something to adjust the course? Absolutely. I think Absolutely. that I think that's that's my that's what I wrote down. Like they would probably move guys like Max Domi or Suck just, hard for Bedard. That's <laughs> what we uh, I mean look, nobody wants to say it, I'll say it. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's the dirty little secret, but uh you know, publicly the, the Hawks aren't going to say it. They probably can't. Yeah. Um, but I I I think that's I mean the logical step that they're going to take. Listen, and, and it's not necessarily like, like 
yeah, tanking, whatever you want to throw that word out, but it, it's for the betterment of like, look at all the teams in the playoffs. Like you got to have star players and like, we're going to get to this question in a, in a few. So I'm not going to really tip my hand totally, but I would basically say like if the Blackhawks first couple months of the season, they're kind of hovering closer to a playoff spot than the bottom of the standings. Like, yeah, I might be like, Hey, we got to get Connor Murphy out of here. Like we got to get our best shutdown guy or, or Jake McCabe or, or trade Max Domi or sooner than later. Like, I think they will explore it because there's a guy named um, Patrick Kane. I don't know if you ever heard of him. That could potentially make it hard uh, for, for the Blackhawks to really be sitting in the bottom uh, of the basement uh, in the NHL uh, for, for the, the first few months of the season. Single-handedly making the rebuild take less time. That's Patrick Kane's entire goal. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it, but I'm not. I'm, I'm Yeah, I'm implying it. <laughs> yeah, I still think you try to give an aggressive look at moving one of those blue liners before the season starts. Not only would you get another guy from Rockford up here, but you also, you know, encourage the bad for Bedard bandwagon here. I mean, that's that's ultimately the goal, right? Like, why not do that? You know, it's not like that's an uh, immovable contract. So hopefully they're looking at that because I think it's probably going to be easier to do that before the season than it would maybe in like December when nobody's really willing to take on any cap or really do anything. Joey Smith on Twitter says the timeline for having a competitive team is five years. Do you have faith that the current administration can successfully achieve this goal? Well, I'll start it off. Um, You know, I like the plan. I like their approach. We're going to see how the players that they drafted uh, this past summer and they acquired over the last year, how they develop and how they continue to stockpile draft equity and how successful really they are in the draft. That's what it's going to come down to. Next season, they've got nine draft picks already, two first rounders, two second rounders, two third rounders. We're hoping one of those is a top overall pick. Uh, But again, the jury is out. I like the plan. I like the type of player and the style that they want to play. And honestly, I like their approach to trying to jumpstart this rebuild with the moves that they made as difficult as it was to see those players leave. I get what Kyle was trying to do yeah those are the two things that you mentioned that i totally agree with one there's a clear sense of direction right like they know exactly what path they want to take um you know and then two, the the types of players that they're trying to identify speed 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 they're recognizing that the nhl is has transitioned into a speed game and if you don't have those speed type players you know you're you're not going to compete you're not going to be perennial stanley cup contenders so i like the fact that they've identified those two things but i also think the I like the current the makeup of the current administration where it's it's Kyle Davidson and then he's got a veteran in, in Norm McIver who's got a really good strong s- scouting background and then they have a Jeff Greenberg who will crunch numbers right it, you know I don't want to say he's he's totally analytics but he brings a different perspective and so I think meshing all that together I think trying to f- trying to come up with a formula and trying to use all that information that the Blackhawks gather. And making the the best uh, possible decisions, whether it's through the draft or through its through guys via free agency or trading for potential hidden gems, you know, like the Blackhawks did when when they acquired Patrick Sharp from Philly, like just just identifying those types of players and pieces and trying to see where they fit in. So I I don't think I've seen anything that would make me question the current administration uh, as of now. Maybe you can 
maybe you can potentially throw in the Alex to Brinkett trade and, and the fans probably weren't pleased with the, the, the return. But like if Kevin Korchinski turns out to be like, you know, a top pairing defenseman for the next 10 years uh, for the Blackhawks, like all of that is, you know, I think the jury is still out, still out on that. So, and then obviously the, the return was just so different from what, Calgary got from Matthew Kachuk because the, the situations were different. So I just, I, I have faith in them, uh, but, but I think it's still very early in the process for us to kind of see. I just like that the fact that they are sticking with the path, they have a sense of direction and the types of players that they're identifying uh, to, to kind of craft their, their Blackhawks teams moving forward. I will fully acknowledge that it's kind of a coin flip on whether this rebuild works or not. I think that we've seen so many times that good plans tend to go to ruin and vice versa in this league. And so I'm inherently distrustful of regimes when you're talking about rebuilds and sports. And I think that the Blackhawks didn't exactly get off on the best of feet with the way they handled the Alex Dabrinkit trade. However, I do agree with you guys that there are several prospects that have been brought in during the draft and in these trades that I think could potentially be good building blocks. And so while my inherent distrust is going to be there, my advice and my hope is that they just stay this course. They have said before that they wanted to build a faster team and then they reverted back to building a more physical team. You know, you basically follow up drafting Henry Yokoharu with acquiring Nikita Zadorov, right? Like that kind of chaotic, you know, inability to focus on a path. They need to make sure that they stay on this path now. And it seems like David Kyle Davidson has the ability to do that. So as long as they do that, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and see where this goes. This next question ties in perfectly. It's from Zane McGrath on Twitter. I'm newish to hockey, Zane says. How many times do organizations miss versus hit on rebuilds? Do they tend to try a rise too quickly or just make bad choices? Uh, I will say this. I, th- I don't think all rebuilds are the same. Uh, to me, to me, the 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 best comp to the Blackhawks, I think, is the Red Wings right now. Yeah, I totally agree. Because you had a team that had won cups, held on to Hall of Famers probably a little too long, and then didn't make the playoffs for like the first time in twenty five years, and and then they they started retooling. Um, do you like the? Do you buy that comp, Charlie? And do you like the trajectory that the Wings are on? Yeah, I was just I was literally going to say, I think the Detroit Red Wings path right now, let's see how their rebuild kind of unfolds. That's going to be the blueprint for the Blackhawks. It probably has taken a lot longer than I don't want to say they hoped, but I think what I like about Detroit's rebuild is they are preaching patience, right? Like it would have been so easy for them last year to be like, man, we've, we've been bad for a while now. Like maybe let's try to just speed this up. Right. They, they stayed the course and, and obviously they get Dylan Larkin and they get Lucas Raymond and they, they hit on more at cider. Like they get all these young players in the draft. Now it's like we said, surrounding those pieces with some, some good dependable uh, impact type players that will put those players in, in situations, which they did this year. Like they made out, made, they made an array of, of moves with David Perron and like all these players that, that are showing that, okay, now we want to surround our young players with, with, with talent. So not necessarily with the idea that, okay, we want to be a playoff team, but it's like, all right, we want, we want to start elevating our younger players. Right. And so I think that's a a really good comparison. And I will say this, like, look at all the teams that have been successful over the last two decades, like Colorado just won a Stanley cup, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen, all those three guys were drafted inside the top 10. Like you, you don't get, you don't get those types of players. If you don't have those high draft picks, 
Chicago, like Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, those are first round picks, like Brent Seabrook, first round pick, Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Mark Andre Fleury, all top two uh, picks in the NHL draft. Tampa Bay, Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky, all high first round picks. LA, Kopitar, Dowdy, Edmonton, McDavid, Dry Saddle, Darnell Nurse, Washington, Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom. All those guys were drafted very high in the draft or were, you know, in Andre Vasilevsky's case, he was a later first round pick, but it was a high pick for a goalie, right? Because they don't typically go that. So like you need the one team that I mentioned that did not go through a real rebuild and and somehow found success was Boston. Like they hit on Patrice Bergeron in the second round and they hit on Brad Marchand in the third round. And then they signed Sedeno Chara via free agency, right? So they didn't go through a big teardown. The, the flip side of those arguments, Arizona, Buffalo, and then it took Edmonton longer than they probably would have hoped. Those are the unsuccessful rebuilds. But I would argue that was more of a cultural problem than them actually missing on the players. Now, I do think that they, they did miss on, on some players, but I think it was more like it feels like Buffalo had no idea how to undergo their rebuild. Like they were just like, hey, we got a high draft pick. Let's throw them into the fire. And then it's like, well, these guys are sinking because the, the team is, is bad, right? So like, I, I just think, um, and then you also need a little bit of luck, right? Like Detroit, they probably should have got a high, they probably should have got the number one overall pick. Yeah, and they, they got, got number four. four yeah. yeah, but but they, um, did they turn that, they turned it into Lucas Raymond, I believe it yes. was. Yeah, so I mean like, you got the lottery balls have to have to like hit in your favor. And their architect is also the architect of the Tampa Bay lightning who right. set them up for all their cups as well. So totally. I mean, there's, there's a big difference there. Your thoughts, James, on the, uh, on the rebuild and, and the hit or miss factor. I think the most likely scenario is the Blackhawks end up in the middle ground where they're competing for wild card spots year in, year out. I read a really interesting article preparing for this podcast by Travis Yost from TSN, who said that it's just as likely for a rebuilding team to get into the top five of the NHL is for them to remain in the bottom five of the NHL. So it's not exactly super common for either of those outcomes to occur. So the most likely outcome would be to be in that middle spot where you're you're competing year in, year out for a playoff spot, but you're not necessarily among the elite of the elite. And you guys mentioned all the good points that it takes a lot of luck, takes a lot of really good drafting. The big key that it really was emphasized well by Charlie when he was going through all of the first round picks that these teams have acquired and used on these incredible players. Don't use shortcuts. Free agency shortcut is a really it's a good way to try to accelerate things, but the reality is, is you have to stay the course. And I think that what all of those teams kind of share in common has been the development. It's been the drafting and that's what the Blackhawks really need to focus on. Otherwise you just end up with this kind of chaotic mess and you're never really sure what your organizational vision is. So I think that in all likelihood, they're going to end up in that middle ground where they're competing for a playoff spot. You know, I think that that the key to that, is just to stay the course and to make those smart moves from a developmental perspective. Yeah, you look at the New York Rangers, 2018, they send the letter to their fan base that said, look, as we approach this trade deadline, we're getting ready for a rebuild. So get buckle your seats. You're, you're going to see some popular players moved. Four years later, they're knocking on the door of championship discussion. And it wasn't until just this past playoff where some of those high-level picks that – 
you heard whispers during the season. I don't know. Did they miss on him? Is he maybe was he not a, a shoe in? Had great postseason. So you, even when you land those Bedards and Fantillis and others, you also have to be patient with them as well and not assume that they're going to step into the National Hockey League and win a cup in their second season. Right. And it's funny, too, because the New York Rangers didn't do it tr- the traditional way either. Like Capo Caco and Alex Lafreniere, like they, they weren't even I mean, they were in Lafreniere specifically was an impact type player in the playoffs. But Capo Caco was a healthy scratch in that game That's seven. True. So mm-hmm. it was, the way they acquired Adam Fox was like he didn't want to resign. I believe it was in Calgary. And he's like, I want to go to New York. So it's like, well, New York Rangers, they traded for Adam Fox and he fell into their lap. Or they signed uh, Artemi Panarin via free agency. Uh, they traded for Mika Zibanejad. So like um, Chris Kreider, like they drafted. So like he's really the only guy. But they did it in a way that they're like announcing a rebuild. But they didn't like like they have yet to see the dividends of those high draft picks. Like they're right. so it, it's it, that's an interesting wrinkle to to all that how how they kind of went underwent their rebuild on the fly. But they still didn't go into the free agent pool and constantly splash around. Like you said, some of those guys ended up in their laps. And basically, Artemi Panarin was the big free agent prize that they went out and got. So it does pay to be creative, but it also pays to be patient, too. And it also shows, too, a desired location like New York, which we think Chicago is as well. When the team is on the rise, you're going to get the look from certain players uh, who don't want to play in Calgary or, or wherever uh, we got to, we're up against the clock here. Bill R on Charlie's Facebook page asks, I know there's a new coach at Michigan, so could be hard to project how he will set the lines, but any chance Frank Nazar and Adam Fantilli will play in the same line this year at Michigan. Should we miss out on Bedard would be great to know how well these two may potentially fit together. Should Kyle have a chance to draft Fantilli? Yes. Mel Pearson out at the university of Michigan. Um, Nazar Fantilli, I think are both centermen. So likelihood of the the two freshmen playing together in the same line, probably not great, but uh, I think every general manager in the national hockey league is going to be looking to Ann Arbor to uh, monitor that team because uh, if they haven't already been drafted, uh, there's usually plenty that are ready to be drafted. I was just going to say the Blackhawks are going to be going there, going to Michigan a lot to, to kind of see how Frank Nazar is developing. But there's also going to be a guy named Adam Fantilli there that the Blackhawks are going to keep their close eye on. But And like Pat said, they both play center. Sometimes you get a situation where they move a guy um, from center to wing to kind of get them more minutes, right? Like if they're on the third line, you want to, put them on the top six. You can move a guy from center to wing. I feel like Nazar and Fantilli are both pretty good centers, so I don't really see them moving out of position. But it, it will be interesting, though, if the Blackhawks do miss out on Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli is in the conversation. They have a lot of homework and, and background because Fantilli played for the Chicago Steel, and he's also now playing for Michigan, where Frank Nazar is, and the Blackhawks are going to keep a, a close eye on both of them. I'm very sure of it. Uh, boys, you want to take a road trip up to uh, Ann Arbor this uh, fall it. or winter? I think it'd be I would fun. Love to. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to predict when Nazar is with the Blackhawks, he will be the number one go-to guy as far as sound bites go. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we got to get him juggling on camera too because he's a, <laughs> he's a high-end juggler. All right. Uh, last one here from Harrison on Twitter. If the Hawks land Connor Bedard, 
Will they be in on Austin Matthews <laughs> when he hits the market in 24-25? I, Harrison, I like where you're going. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to land Bedard, okay? <laughs> uh, but no, look, I think we all realize that you you need generational play. You need to have stars to win in this league. The Blackhawks don't win three cups without a generational player in Patrick Kane. Bedard does look to be that guy. Three years from now, very difficult to predict. But uh, I, I would think Austin Matthews' chances of considering Chicago would go up appreciably if he saw generational talent sitting in that city. Yeah, this is quite a pipe dream. Uh, let, let's put it out there. We, we thought we'd kind of end this podcast on, on a fun question. And I will say this, too. Like, like if Patrick Kane is still here, like I, that probably maybe ups the... Uh, appeal for like a guy like Austin Matthews to want to play with a guy like like Patrick Kane, who those two players arguably will be one and two in, in American born players, best of all time when it's all said and done. Um, and I will say this, I don't know where the Austin Matthews situation um, land, like with Toronto, whether they win a cup, does that increase the chances of leaving? Whether they don't win a cup, does it? I have no idea, but I will say this. Austin Matthews is an American born guy. He grew up in Arizona, we just saw Johnny Goudreau left Calgary because he wanted to play closer to home because of the, the COVID restrictions made it very difficult for him to kind of see his family. So I'm sure that's going to play a big part in not just Austin Matthews, but like a lot of NHL players decisions moving forward. <laughs> this is an absolute pipe dream, but I appreciate Harrison's question that he is. Yes. He is trying to trim this rebuild down from five years yeah. to maybe three uh, with Austin Matthews as a possibility. Uh, Charlie, I don't know if you've uh, looked at a map lately. Phoenix is not really all that close to Chicago, but it's, uh, it's not. <laughs> I digress. Yeah, I, will <laughs> say, I will say this. Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews inherited Patrick Kane's trainer, Ian Mack, and he is based out of Chicago. So maybe we got to get Ian on the podcast to do some pitching. Uh, for, for you're right. I just look, I look at it as Toronto is going to basically back the Brinks truck up for Austin Matthews. When it comes to be that time, I get the sense that the instant it's a year until the expiration of his deal, they're just gonna be like, Hey, Austin, you see that piece of paper, write down what you want on it. We'll make it happen. But if for whatever reason he pulls the Johnny Gaudreau and is like, you know, Canada's really cold in the winter and Toronto's not that great of a city. You, you better believe the Blackhawks would be in on that. I'm sh I'm certain that they would be. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think Austin Matthews stays in Toronto. I, I think so too. I also like when guys kind of finish their careers in one place. Like, no. it feels weird. <laughs> After what? we just talked about 88 and 19 leaving. <laughs> yeah, That's I'm, you know, I'm saying in a perfect world, they, they yeah, I mean, life perfect world, I like that. <laughs> Here's the other thing. This will be a future podcast. <laughs> I really think I could see a scenario and, and that, you know, Patrick leaves, goes and plays three or four years somewhere and fit, comes back and finishes career here. And at that point, the Hawks are, are viable, at least for playoff consideration. I hope you're right. Did you see that? I could see it, but it feels like once once guys leave, they're, they're less likely to come back unless the situation is kind of perfect for them. Yeah. Um, I, like, yeah, I'm sure there's there's loyalty there, but if the Blackhawks are still like, you know, and also Patrick Kane is going to be what 38, 39 years old. I got him playing until 40, buddy. I, I agree, I agree, but at what level is Patrick Kane? Like I still think 38 he could he'd be playing at a pretty like Sidney Crosby is what just turned 35, 36, 35. 
He's still playing at a really high level or 36. You need to watch how you talk about guys in their late thirties, Charlie. I turned 37 a month ago. So you relax there, buddy. <laughs> I, I turned 30 and somehow my knees are like creaking. Oh, still like how I, I have no idea. Until you guys hit your fifties. Hey, that's going to do it for this edition of the Blackhawks talk podcast for Charlie, for James and for Tony Gill and everybody on the hockey beat on Pat Boyle. Thank you for listening and watching. We'll catch you next time on the Blackhawks Talk Podcast. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.